We are back. We're back, baby. Back, back, back again. <laughs> God, it feels good to be back. Uh, this was so good, buddy. Yeah. I kind of feel like when we first started the podcast together. Wow. Where it's like I have all this pent up energy and things that I need to talk to you about. And there's just been no outlet <laughs> in my life to get these things out. And it's like, thank God. We have this hour together. Yeah, I, I feel I feel the energy. It's a uh, so we're back on like a schedule, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we're not recording on a weekend anymore. That didn't last long. Yeah, that experiment didn't work. And um, all the babies are asleep. <laughs> what do you mean all? All of them in a, in both our lives. Did you hide another baby somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> I got a spare in case anything. No, oof, that's awful. <laughs> no, never mind. Uh, only one baby. <laughs> Let's edit this out. Okay, let's edit this out. No, you know what? No, leave it in. Leave it in. You know? Let's be authentic. <laughs> did you get a haircut? Yeah. Hmm. I did get a haircut. Yeah, the long hair saga era season is over. Yeah, I like that. I like the shorter hair. Thank you. It's just a better fit. Anyway, uh, yeah, so we're back. We're recording on a good schedule. I'm also like settling in a new schedule, life work-wise. We're on that in a second um so yeah it, this feels like it's the start of like i don't want to say era because it feels like <laughs> a new era not a new era but you know it's of a new phase if you will you know it's kind of like when uh, artists like release their new album like people are saying like oh the new like adele era uh-huh. <laughs> you know <laughs> so this is your new era it's my new adele <laughs> uh yeah but i'm still very much sleep deprived as always so that's going to also make for a fun uh, version of me, uh, fun podcasting material, I think. Anyway, anyway th- today there was an Apple event. We're recording this on Monday. It was, you know, new Macs and all. I just can't wait. That's w- what I want to talk about. But I've had a couple items in our follow-up list for so long. <laughs> They're getting dusty. And so I just really want to get over it and just, you know, cover them real quick so that we can talk about Apple events. All right, let's do it. Cool. So a long time ago, ages ago... <laughs> We had an episode in where we talked about one password in the whole electron drama. I don't know if you remembered. Mm-hmm. So in that episode, at some point, I said, "In by the way, <laughs> this is me making an impression of me. <laughs> hey, by the way, uh, I've installed the new one password beta. And you know what? <laughs> Couldn't even tell the difference. It's fine. Oh, boy, was I wrong. <laughs> Turns out what I had installed was not the new electron version of one password it was just like still a beta version but of the old one like 0.01 as soon as i installed the actual electron app i was like yuck no it was i felt offended it was like way worse than i thought it would be and so i just felt like i should put this on the record it was it's very noticeable that it's different even if you have no idea what native frameworks are or like electron means even if you have no idea what these words mean i think as soon as you upgrade from what is it version seven to eight you will definitely tell that oh this is different Mm. something's different so do did not like it but i know that since then they've been making a lot of improvements updates to the app and like almost like in real time as like casey is tweeting or whatever (laughs) uh casey was Almost, but so I know they're working hard, and I know that who's Casey Liss? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how many people get that. <laughs> Who the hell is Casey? Anyway, so wanted to leave this on the record, and also in the same topic. Well, uh, can I just say, yes, 
when I saw this in the notes, I thought this was going to be about like, oh, 1Password 8. We were a little bit mean when it came out and I was so wrong. It's <laughs> actually pretty good. Nope. The opposite. And so I'm really surprised. I was too nice <laughs> to see this, but I hate it. Uh, we were we were too nice. See, <laughs> too nice. <laughs> so that's funny. And we felt the need to correct it. <laughs> I, I still have yet to have tried One Password Eight because I, as I mentioned in the show, I don't have it installed on my computers. So and I don't have it installed either anymore. Well, technically it's still installed, but I'm not using it. So at some point in the past, I've installed the Monterey beta mac os monterey beta and as i think we mentioned previously in the show bad idea because why would you install a beta of mac os that adds no new feature that's not where i was going with this but some people like living on the edge i guess it's fine uh it syncs my focus modes <laughs> but they have like a dedicated passwords preference pane it's not its own app as i thought it would be it's not like a separate app it's just a preference pane so with it i migrated my one password icloud keychain thing just a native mm-hmm. solution which I, yep. is what you're using uh with monterey and that dedicated thing so you don't have to go through safari to find your passwords that made the whole experience slightly better it also supports to auth so all good yeah 2fa is so good yeah with this new integration so i'm not on the beta but it works in in the new safari anyways and it's glorious it's like there's no like it just like really cements how clunky this whole like sending you an sms like getting the code and and yeah like you know the integration with imessage has made that a little bit better but this is really just like hey we'll do all of this in the browser like it's just so nice to be integrated so this is really great also on that note I forget who it was. It might have been Ryan Jones who posted this a while back. You can create a shortcut. I will try to dig it up. Mm -hmm. Um, You can create a shortcut on your iPhone that automatically launches a settings page to the password. Yeah. I don't know if like page is the right word here, but the password section. And you can set it as sort of like a home screen icon. Yeah. I have that set up. You have that set up too, right? Yeah. What's great about this, I mean, you can use it on your home screen if you want, but also if you search for it, it'll come up on the search and it has like the nice little like password icon and everything. And so it just like makes that whole workflow so much better. So I highly recommend that. Uh, Not sure if we saw the same tweet. Probably. But I got mine from Rick Mondello directly. Oh, that might be it. Uh, Yeah, we're going to put links in the show notes. So you don't need Monterey. If you have iOS 15, you can do this. Yeah, that's because I just literally replaced where 1Password was on my home screen with this, nice. all the muscle memory is still intact. I have to say a couple of things that, you know, I had to abandon from my 1Password <laughs> lifestyle. A couple of things that this doesn't do. One is if you want to store anything that is not a password, this is not for you. So in 1Password, I also stored like software licenses and like my ID and some like that personal info and a lot of that. And so none of that, you know, is supported in this. But the alternative, what I been using recently is i've just been using it storing all those all that data in notes and i've been locking those notes Mm, yeah so it's not the same it's not as good but you can also i created a a separate folder in notes just for those and lastly i found this at some point like i was trying to create a new login and i think i was creating the login like in an app or something so not safari and i was creating a new login and i would generate you know a new password and if you're not doing this from safari as far as I could tell, at least in the beta that I was in, there's no way of generating a new password 
from that preference pane. So you can go in, like create new login, and then you just have a form, like fill in the email and password, but there's no way of generating a password. I may be wrong, I might be wrong, but couldn't find a way to do that. No, I think you're right. And that was very annoying. Because like, well... I believe on iOS, there must be a way, but not on the Mac. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, because if you're on iOS, if you go into the field for the password, it'll the keyboard will give you a suggestion of like a strong password. But on the Mac, I mean, let me see. Maybe the touch bar does? No. <laughs> What's the touch bar? <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, no, so it doesn't. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. So there you go. Just be aware of like some of the limitations if you feel like this works for you. You should be using Safari anyways. Um uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. So anyway, last piece, follow up. I totally forgot to ask you when we were talking last week about the iPhone 13. Totally forgot to ask you about I realized that because like we sort of talked about the iPhone 13, but also I feel like I talked about nothing <laughs> right about this phone like it was pretty like we stopped recording and i was like yeah we didn't really touch on much about this <laughs> and again i was very distracted I, didn't, I was not really engaging for good conversation but i really wanted to ask you how i've been feeling about promotion like you know 120 hertz how does that feel because since then i've seen one mm-hmm. a friend of the show ryan mcleod he got one and i played with it but like for five seconds right it wasn't that big of a deal for me Mm. and i think this varies with from person to person how sensitive you are. right see i had that first reaction initially where i was like oh okay i can see like how this is nicer but is that big of a deal not really but i do think over time it just completely ruins any other screen for you Mm. and maybe like i think i guess like the laptop screen is the last one where i'm just it doesn't map in the same way for me, right? Like, whether it's on a laptop or on a computer screen, we'll see with these new laptops. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that continues. But my iPad has also, like, promotion on it, right? So my iPad and my iPhone, and maybe with the exception of the watch, right? Does a watch have high refresh rate? I don't know, actually. Yeah, I don't know either. Anyways, <laughs> I guess it's not really a device that I interact with a lot. But for the, let's just say for the vast majority, all of the touch devices that I interact with have promotion on them. So the watch has, it's from 60 hertz to 1 hertz. Okay, so it doesn't have promotion. It has a variable rate, refresh rate, but it just goes down, not up. Exactly. Gotcha. So this weekend, I just happened to be in an Apple store. And I was like, just, you know, looking around all the things. Um, and I was like, oh, let me see the iPad mini hmm. to just see like the kind of form factor and the, the button placement is different. And so I was like, oh, let me see this. I could never use this device. Like the refresh rate is horrible. It is so janky. Like I just could never after like having used both my phone and my iPad, I was like, what is this? This feels terrible to me. So I don't think I can go back, really. Okay. Is it a reason where, like, you should totally go out and change your phone for this immediately? Probably not. Like, I think until you, like, really experience it on a daily basis, you probably won't notice. But once you do use it for an extended period of time, it's just it's hard to go back. Interesting you say that about the mini. I've heard, like, people say that mini is, like, jelly scrolling or whatever they call it. Yeah, I don't see that at all. But the mini has the same 60 hertz refresh rate as all the other previous. Did you feel that particularly with the iPad mini or just because that was, you know, it's been a while since you've looked at it? Well, because I don't have my old iPhone anymore. Okay, I see. So I can't really compare with it. All right. You just calibrated your eyes. Yeah, I used the, the trade-in program, so I can't really go back and see. Got it. 
Got it. But yeah, so, but I, I really love it. It's really great. The battery life has been amazing on this thing.、Mm. Like, since I've gotten it, you've never charged it. <laughs> the battery has never been under 40%. Like ever, and I use my phone a lot. <laughs> MagSafe, I got the battery pack.、Mm. Well, I ended up getting it for free, as we talked about last week.、Right. Never use it <laughs> <laughs> because I don't need it, which is amazing. Interesting. I did get、uh, like a MagSafe mount thing for my car, which, if you are driving and you have one of these clips for your phones, I highly recommend getting. Some sort of MagSafe accessory so you can put your phone there. It's so magical to just be able to like、oh, yeah. put in your phone, get it back out very easily. It's a great use case for this. It's the perfect use case for it. All of the accessories for the cars are all terrible though. <laughs> like even the one that I got, including the one that I got, I ended up getting one that's just basically like a mount where you put in the actual MagSafe puck on it. Because a lot of like the Belkin ones, like a lot of the Usual like name brand ones don't support charging. They're just、oh. like I'm a stand, and then you plug in the cable. So that's not good. Like that's not what I want. <laughs> I don't ha- I'll still have to plug in the cable. And so, so this is an anti recommendation. It's. I mean, honestly, this is still what I'm using because I haven't found anything better yet, and it's still better than what I was doing before. The downside is because I'm using like literally the Apple MagSafe puck that's mounted on the dashboard. It doesn't have that. You know, like that bottom magnet that's like not around the circle. It doesn't have that last one, that alignment magnet. Right. So basically, what happens is as you're driving, the phone shifts. To the side a little bit, and so you kind of like every now and then you just have to like reposition it so that it's like facing up. <laughs> no, it's annoying, but the overall like the experience is still amazing, and you get the full fast charging rates with MagSafe, which is great. So if like I'm doing long road trips and stuff like that, like my battery is always a hundred percent because my old charger I used to plug in directly into USB、uh, port. And then that it basically just maintained the battery life. Like I don't know、right. what kind of charging speed that had, but it was extremely low. <laughs> and that's probably just due to my car. But using MagSafe is so much better. So yeah, it's like I recommend the idea. Please, companies, make this. Please, companies, <laughs> like this is a product that needs to exist. Like it's just it's made for this. Come on, companies. Why doesn't it exist? I have no idea. And all of the ones that are being sold right now are kind of just average. Yeah, isn't it wild that because usually these third-party case manufacturers and accessory manufacturers they're like very quick to fill any blank space in the market. If, like usually we have cases for phones before the phones are released. You know, like they're very quick to try to. Yeah. I feel like the cases are in a category. There's like a three tier system. There's number one, the cases. You'll have、okay. thousands of options. Second is the charging docks, right? So then you go from thousands of options to like maybe I don't know ten different options, and then you have everything else, which is like there's. One option and it sucks. <laughs> and half of those are Kickstarter projects. Yeah, basically,、uh-huh. basically. Okay. Yeah, fair enough.、Uh, I would say last episode I was like kind of fifty-fifty on the Belkin stand thing, and honestly, like after using it for a longer time, like yes, it's it's a pretty like show-off design. We're like gonna command a lot of attention on your nightstand, but it's really great. I really love it. Okay. Having the devices float in the air. Is just cool. 
Like, it's just nice. And the feel of it is so much better than Apple's puck. Because it's just, like, it's rubberized enough. Like, it's just the feel of it is great. I always love putting my phone on the charger. It's like, it makes it a delightful experience <laughs> in a way that the regular MagSafe doesn't. Give me a second. I'm going to charge my light. <laughs> so what is this light? Wireless charger, baby. This is a portable light. So I got a new job and uh, my new employer sent me a box of goodies. And one of the goodies is a little light for you to, it's meant for like video creators, I guess. It's a video light. Mm. It's a full RGB light. It has a bunch of modes. You can like simulate like lightning and cop sirens and fireworks and all these cool effects. You can sync it to your phone and like create, it's effectively like a portable hue bulb, if you will, Philips Hue. Mm. And USB-C and has Qi charging, wireless charging. The battery lasts for like hours. It has a pretty powerful magnet on the back so you could just like attach it to whatever. Like right now, yeah, I just attach it to my mm. lamp. Is that the thing that created that like pink light on your face? Yeah, yeah. Nice. Not a filter. <laughs> uh, yeah. And also, speaking of it. Yeah, I was wondering, I was like, does your screen, is your screen so bright that you have <laughs> like light reflection from your wallpaper? <laughs> this is the brightest of my screen but it's mostly white <laughs> web browser pages uh, another goodie uh, was this like tripod a camera tripod uh whatever and it has like a magsafe cam like uh that's nice camera mount yes so if you want to use your phone to record video put it on a magsafe so good this is really really cool it doesn't charge at all of course mm. so anyway it's my second magsafe accessory ever <laughs> nice yeah i feel like we need to get you some more magsafe accessories yeah please send it my way i think you, you gotta get the dock <laughs> the dock charger i think I think you need one sure i'll share my address <laughs> Nice. Yeah, I've been asking about the light because cool. I'm, I've been kind of tempted by the idea of like, I feel like my lighting's not great in my office. It's not bad. It's great. Right. I mean, it's plenty bright. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not in the dark. But I mean, in terms of like making it the most compelling, uh, flattering <laughs> kind of lighting, <laughs> I have like this overhead lighting, which is not great for just like looking good. And I have this lamp, but it's not really, it's kind of like a lamp that points down. Mm. oh yeah so i'm like i saw i think it was in um friend of the show cj uh, melegrito he has like this mm. kind of light that a lot of people have light box yeah it's sort of like a diffused light yeah. that you can put behind your monitor that lights you up and so i was asking him about it because uh, i'm like i don't know if i like should i get this like would it make my calls look better i don't know yet so that's why i'm curious if any listeners have experiences uh, please let me know i mean yes it will that would probably for a permanent solution that yeah some kind of light box the problem with those in my opinion is that if your desk not a public space but like if you know it's not a i don't know i, I usually don't like my desk to look too like office desky workspace i know and having a light box yeah. or any audio equipment even like my microphone and stand like that's already pushing it a bit so you know unless maybe you can hide it easily but that's like definitely the best solution to get a good diffused light that's perfect like this one i probably wouldn't recommend it because as a permanent thing it's not the best mm. but yeah we can let me think about this i can send you some yeah the other option is just getting a lamp <laughs> just getting a different lamp i don't know if that's better but sure yeah so i have a hue bulb here this main light and I have it pointing at the wall in front of me. So it's like a mm. natural way to diffuse the light a little bit. So of course, you don't get as bright. Right. I see. But here, you tell me if it makes any difference. Because it's a hue bulb, I can have some control over its intensity. And very cool. Very cool. Uh, okay. Uh, hey, man, we should talk about uh, we should talk about Apple. Yeah, did something happen today? <laughs> All right. Before we do, though. Before we do. Before we do. Before we do. 
we have very exciting to tell. Yeah, about. new sponsor. <laughs> Our sponsor this week is Play. Play is the first native iOS design tool, and they're releasing more invites to their product. So they are basically as an app that a full-fledged design tool. And now I know what you're thinking because this is what I thought too when I learned about this of like, oh yeah, like, you know, you're saying this is a mobile app to do design work. Like that's probably kind of a toy and like I think, no, 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 trust me. This is like a fully powered design tool that works on your phone. It lets you experience the design as you create it directly on your device and it takes full advantage of native iOS features that no other app takes advantage of. And so, for example, you can integrate with maps and use the native mapping functionality and zoom in and out and use pins and stuff like that. Uh, It also leverages uh, collection views. So you can create these amazing collection views, feed in with data, it uses all the like fast, you know, native scrolling that iOS provides. It has the full power of like tons of animations and transitions that you can have and really create something that's super high fidelity. I've been playing with it for the last few weeks and trust me like this is not only a great tool that's been super fun like i've been finding myself like i'm waiting in line in the post office and i'm like playing uh, you know continuing to work on my personal side project because especially these days i've been pretty busy and i've been like trying to find you know moments where i can work on these side projects this is great because i can work on them literally whenever and what i love about this app is not only it's a great tool but it's also, and they can't pay me to say this, but it is actually one of the best design iOS apps that I've played with in a long time. Dang. There are so many nice little touches everywhere throughout this app. Like, for example, how whenever you uh, touch a slider, right, and like, let's say you're changing a margin or you're changing whatever, you know, the variable you're changing, they hide the background so you can, and they zoom in your design so you can see it full screen. And then when you let go, it like, it zooms back out to let you see more of the settings. It gets really optimized for designing on mobile and it's reinventing a lot of patterns and a lot of things I was talking with Dan at Play, a lot of things where I'd be like, oh, you know, probably reasonable if you didn't support this in a design tool on a phone. And I was like, oh, no, you can totally do this. <laughs> like, Here's how you do it. I'm telling you, it's really amazing. I think it's going to change the game. I've already been using it, you know, a lot <laughs> throughout the, the last couple of weeks. And I'm super excited to see how other people will be using it in the future. So they're starting to release more invites to their products. We'll get to talk and tell you a bit more about this in the coming episodes. But if you're designing something for mobile, you have to check this out. So where do you go? All you have to do is go to createwithplay.com and you can check it out there. And we'll make sure that in future episodes, we'll share more details about it, how it works. And I'm also going to share with you a few little examples of things that I've been working on with it. So that's going to be really exciting. And uh, our thanks to Play for sponsoring this week's episode of Layout. Boom. So I've known for a little bit already, but you've just announced on Twitter that 
you have a new job. You've changed companies. I did. Yeah. After a year, I've left Superlist and I joined a new company founded by Bryn Jackson. You probably heard of him. I've heard about him a little bit. <laughs> yeah, he's been on the show here on Layout. I'm sure he's okay. <laughs> and he's you probably know him from like season one of Design Details, if you will, before Brian and Marshall kind of you know the spinoff. And also Sam Sofas. He's definitely been on the show as well. Mm-hmm. And we talked about him a bunch of times. So I don't know if you know this, but they've started like a year ago. They started their own company. It's called a long video platform tool. I've been following along. <laughs> You can go to along.videos and know more about the company. And yeah, I joined as their founding designer. Like Bryn has been doing all the design work, but he's Mr. CEO. <laughs> so he needs to stop doing design things to be Mr. CEO. Right. And so I'm taking over the design responsibilities for the time being. I'm really excited. It was a really fun day today. It was my first day. That is super exciting. Yeah, it was really, really fun. Really excited. I feel like it's such a strong team. Must be so cool to work there. And with at least, I don't know about Sam, but at least I know with you and Bryn, the level of puns <laughs> must be pretty high in this company. So it's pretty out of control. Yeah, a little bit. I'm very excited to see all of the like videos and memes and things that are come out of this. Like I feel <laughs> like we're only scratching the surface. We're probably going to see a lot in the next few months. And I'm super happy for you. I think this is a great fit. And I'm really, really excited to see what you come up with. Thank you. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm really, really happy. It's my first time working with friends, you know, joining a company with people that I've known before. <laughs> it feels very comfortable and fun. So yeah, we can talk more about it maybe in a week where there's not an Apple event going on. Um, so yeah, I'm sure we'll talk more about it. Yeah, I want to ask because and maybe we'll like leave that as a cliffhanger. But <laughs> one thing that is kind of at least I imagine I don't want to, you know, <laughs> uh, put words in your mouth or anything. But I imagine that like, because you were working at Superlist, mm-hmm. the product is not even out yet. So it must be difficult to, you know, whenever you're talking to other companies, you know, some people might be in, in a similar situation, whether the product's not out yet, or there's an NDA, or there's long lead times, or, or whatever. How do you talk to the people about what you've been, you know, spending the last, you know, year plus on when there's not like a public right. thing that you can show, like people, are, hey, I made this. Do you mean like in an interview context? Yeah, like whether it's an interview context or just, I mean, even like for your portfolio, I imagine, right? Like, right. what would you do in that situation? I think that. Okay, I'll take that as a cliffhanger for next week. What about that? Yeah, I'm kind of curious to see how you've approached it. Obviously, I mean, you already knew Sam and Bryn, but. It did help tremendously, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Presumably. Yeah. I'm sure you found a creative way around it. Yeah, all right. Uh, yeah, you know what? Let's take that for next week. Sweet. Cool. All right. Kevin, Jesus Christ, it's been 40 minutes. <laughs> and only now we're going to start talking about this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this was the most exciting Apple event this year, I think. Dude. 100%. This is the most fun event in years. I think it's not crazy to say that today, the Mac is a way more exciting space in Apple like than, than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. Like I'm way more excited about new Macs today than I am about new iPhones, new watches, new iPads, new whatever, new software. Like I think today, that's probably where 
not just like innovation in terms of hardware or whatever, but like even the whole thing with the chip, like what they're doing is not revolutionary, but kind of like it's, it's such big increments in performance, what's possible. There's new hardware going on. The latest IMAX have been like a great example of that. So it's a really exciting space, I think, right now. It's the most exciting space, in my opinion, to see. So I was really hyped for this event. We all knew it was coming. I mean, I don't know about you, but like, I was still hoping or expecting to see maybe a different Mac Mini or maybe something else, not just the MacBook Pro. Right. But yeah, yeah, that was really fun. What I would say is whenever people think about an Apple event, they always expect this kind of level of change, mm-hmm. right? Like entirely new design, like two point or three times as fast, right? It's like any metric you can think of. The camera, it's so much better. The screen has high refresh rate and high DPI, and also it goes edge to edge. Like, it's just everything was just like, the touch bar was garbage. It's gone. Uh, more ports. Just like everything. Like, it really gave people everything that they wanted. Mm-hmm. But it, I can guarantee you, like, next year's MacBook Pro is not going to be bring as many changes as, as this one, right? Not with that attitude. <laughs> it's going to be better than this one, for sure. But we're in a generational leap mm-hmm. that I think it happens way more rarely than people would think. Like, people get to expect that this is the, you know, every Apple event, this is what I expect to happen. But the reality is much more like, most of the time, it's kind of an incremental update. I mean, how long have we been on these awful, terrible old design, right? But every now and then, there's these rare occasions where we make a huge leap forward. And I think today is 100% one of them. And I think it's super exciting and super fun. And I think the thing about the Max that is really nice is things always do leak, but I feel like there's a bit, still a bit more secrecy, right? Like we're, we haven't seen like a dummy unit of what this the entirety of this new MacBook Pro looks like months before the event. We did learn about things like the notch and like the port situation and stuff like that, but there was still a lot that was up in the air for this event. So it made the whole vibe of the event really exciting for me. And also I've been waiting on this for months and months. Oh yeah. (laughs) That was a really good way to put it. It definitely feels like it's hard to find something about this laptop to complain about. Like it's, yeah, like you said, it's pretty much addressing like not all, but a lot of the things that people have been complaining about the recent... uh, I feel like ever since that last MacBook Pro effect that had the HDMI port, like, you know, right before they went to the all USB-C and butterfly keyboard, touch bar, all that generation, there was a lot to complain about, right? Mm-hmm. Um, lack of ports, the whole keyboard mess, touch bar, like some people liked it, but most people seem to not like it. Some people hate it. It's like, it's very polarizing. It's, it's not a, like a, it's not a hit, right? And this was like, all right, that's everything. Everything you've been complaining about, either we... A, just went back and just, you know, just like reverted. Like, all right, you know what? <laughs> There's a lot more ports. Like even the presenter at some point was like, it, our users find it super convenient to have all these ports. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> no shit, Apple. It's convenient to have ports. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Even the touch bar. It's like, uh, our users love the tactile feel of the function keys. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> really? Yeah. One thing that that is interesting in this laptop, because I agree, like for most things, it's it's just better, like in every way, 
right? <laughs> Whereas the previous laptop was defined, in my opinion, by its compromises. It's like it achieved like thinness and like a lot of things at the cost of other things where it's like, oh, yeah, like the keyboard is like not quite as good. But like, did you see how thin and light this laptop is? Oh, yeah, like we don't have any of the ports that you're used to. But have you seen how thin it is? Like it was really defined by the compromises. And then this go around, I mean, they reverse course on almost everything. Hard. Like this laptop in many ways it reminds me of the uh like the remote from the apple tv right <laughs> right right. where it's like you you see like a natural evolution and then there's one in the middle where it just seems like they like yeah. reverted so many decisions it's like that meme like you 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 not you you yeah <laughs> yeah exactly like it feels like we've if you imagine like a, a graph, right, there's like this one anomaly mm-hmm. for a while where it was just like, oh, yeah, we made a few weird decisions for a bit. Now we've like reverted things back, right? The keyboard's good again. We've removed the touch bar. We have all these ports. We've brought back Mac it's safe. Like in a way, it's a I see it as kind of a reset, which is good. Don't get me wrong. I'm extremely happy and excited about it. But I think one thing that this laptop maybe isn't as much, like it's not really showing us yet what the next phase is, right? Like a lot of this laptop is actually, hey, there were good things in the past and that's okay. And we're not going to let our pride get in the way of bringing these things back. Cool, awesome. But it's interesting that it there's not a ton of new ideas that are part of this laptop besides obviously the m1 fair chip which is great and everything fair it visually aesthetically it doesn't strike you as like this is a new take on a laptop right right like this is like that big leap which i think they could probably try to do that but i think they for this particular machine which is so important for so many people this is like their highest selling oh, maybe not maybe it was the air but you know this is the this is the macbook like this is the mac that most people rely on i would say and that it's the biggest risk to mess with it mm-hmm. and you can tell by what happened with the keyboard right the, the butterfly keyboard like it was bad and i feel like this is they could not afford to risk anything right you know no compromise let's not go crazy maybe we'll see that with a redesigned macbook air at some point or right but this is not it and if they try to do that and be crazy again i feel like that would that was a risk that i don't think they were able to afford right now it seems like it's extremely pragmatic and i love it yes (laughs) (laughs) it's refreshing that is refreshing because yeah like, like you said the whole you know in the lineup this one feels off all of those ones you mentioned the remote you mentioned like the the mac pro yeah they all came at around the same era, right? It was not like in one particular product line that they went too far or whatever. It's like at the organizational level. I feel like they've, they went too far in one direction and now they're trying to kind of course correct. Because yes, if you showed these laptops that, you know, showed it to someone who, time traveler or whatever, this 2021 MacBook Pro looks more like the evolution of like the 2015 MacBook Pros than the previous ones, you know? keeps most of the ports magsafe isn't that crazy that's wild yeah <laughs> and also like they started this whole story they framed this story as like this is the the apple silicon transition we talked about like a year ago or whatever when we announced it and so we're halfway through the transition i think i got that right and so the story started with the chips 
and the chips. We all, we were all expecting the M1X. It's actually it's called M1 Pro. That whole part of the keynote is so interesting. Like they were flexing and flexing. Look how <laughs> yeah. crazy this chip is. Like the only part that I like, I was like, mm, I don't know about that. Is that they said it's the 32 memory limit. I was like, uh, okay, well, the current 16-inch MacBook Pros they can go up to 64. So it felt like you know it's not a it's not a winner there. But anyway, but they were just flexing. Look how good this chip is look how good it is and then and by the way there's another one there's even better one that the whole thing they were flexing <laughs> yeah so hard they're so far from the competition it seems like that i will have to wait until like people use it and people way smarter than me that can run benchmarks and tell me just exactly how much faster these are and how impressive but it looked very impressive like there was this one thing what is it the gpu performance comparing this 14-inch model, so not the 16, because they compare the 14-inch to the previous 13-inch. Mm-hmm. So the GPU speed is up to 13 times faster. I don't remember seeing a graph <laughs> that said 13, like double-digit times faster. It makes it's very hard for me to understand just how good these are. They need to come up with an, a new like Moore's law. <laughs> Moore's Law is like doubling every year. This is like 13x. The Tim Apple's Law. (laughs) It's crazy. (laughs) The Turnus Law. Yeah, no, this is absolutely incredible. And I did think, I mean, that's probably afforded to them uh, because they're not comparing, necessarily like comparing themselves to, Mm -hmm. well, like their previous product necessarily. Mm -hmm. But I did feel like compared to a lot of like other Apple keynotes, they did a good job at ex- like really like explaining how much better this thing is mm-hmm. compared to what's out there right now, right? Like yeah, better than the the initial M1 that original keynote. Yes, I also thought too, and it was a similar idea, but I felt like it was a better executed take. Uh, and like these graphs, we can complain about some details about them, like which products are you talking about, and like, but it does a really good job at highlighting. It's like more, pa- more, uh, sp- like I don't know, speed for the lack of a better word for less power, right? And then you can see how it compares in a lot of other ways. And then they also had the M1 Max in there too, and you can see like there's actually if what you're after is the most battery life, then you should get an M1 not an M1 Pro or an M1 Max. There are actually like some little trade-offs that you're making there, but I did think it did a great job at just like highlighting how amazing these laptops are going to be, and I just cannot wait. And this time they were way more specific about which products they were comparing in some occasions. Like at some point, in terms of the graphics, they said this chip compared to the previous Intel-based 16-inch MacBook Pro with the fastest GPU that we sell. Right. So we already knew, that, oh, this is like the specked out yeah. fastest GPU they have. That's what we were comparing it against. Right. And I'm like, I don't even have that. Right. <laughs> so, great. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> right. What do you think about the notch? <laughs> I feel like, uh, I mean, we're 52 minutes in here and I can't <laughs> believe that we haven't talked about the notch yet. So, what do you think? Were you expecting it? Like, there was kind of a rumor that kind of came out a few days before Were you expecting it? How do you feel about it? I wasn't expecting it, but I'm not surprised that it's here. Like, we all know that both consumers and Apple, they want an edge display on laptops. It just makes them immediately feel so much more modern, better, whatever. 
But of course, you have that problem with a camera. On phones, they've solved this with a notch. Other companies building laptops, they've solved this with, by moving the camera somewhere else. And I've seen a lot of creative solutions to this. <laughs> Either just pushing at the bottom, so effectively you have chin, right? The little area. Or even like on a keyboard, like one key pops up and there's like a camera in there and whatever. So I feel like all of these solutions, the notch is the most boring one to be honest because the notch is a compromise for sure no one wants one but i feel like probably on the mac the notch is it will be less problematic or annoying than on a phone and on the phone is not annoying at all we're just used to it because mm-hmm. the a mac has already a bar that windows can't really be rendered behind really right you already have that menu bar like there's this area that windows will not be rendered here like this is not your content Mm -hmm. so that helps and also you know we are already used to having stuff on this anyway i feel like the real estate is not as valuable as on a phone and so i'm not i don't like it i don't want a notch but i feel like it will be it will be fine (laughs) i'm not going to be annoyed by it yeah, same. Uh, and, um, there was some speculation before the event of would they uh, go to an all black uh, menu bar up at the top to conceal the notch? And I was like, hey, there's no way they're going to do that. If there's one thing we've learned from the iPhone is that the illusion of edge to edge is more important than trying to, you know, hide the notch. Yeah. Now, there's nothing that would prevent you from putting like a strip of, I don't know, like 40 pixels up at the top of your wallpaper black to you know have have your your menu bar be black and then just completely hide it if that's what you want but i think it's gonna look really cool to see the like go edge to edge one thing that came to mind with this and i don't know i mean it's always hard to see just in the images like the press images that they give us Mm -hmm. but the shape of this notch to me looks different from the iphone like it seems to be less rounded than the iphone one and I don't know if it's just a thing where it's like it actually has the exact same radius, but because it has to reach in deeper into the screen than the phone notch, I don't know. But it did make me think of like, it's interesting, like how Apple's like now in sort of in the business of like designing notches, having all these differently shaped notches into all of their screens. Like it just feels like that is 100% one of the biggest problems that is facing Apple nowadays is like, how do we fit in those stupid cameras in front of our screens? And right now, this is the best that they can come up with. But like, surely, you know, all of them are just like, you know, what is the next thing that we can do that's better than this? Like, that's an okay compromise. But, you know, who's going to be the first company to do a whole punch laptop? (laughs) is what i'm wondering right now and also it does feel it feels pretty big right because i know they're probably housing some sensors yeah like the true tone sensor and uh, exactly but still i don't know (laughs) so big yeah it'll be interesting especially when you only see the little led like you know the camera yeah because in some of apple's screenshots you can already see like i think it's in photoshop or something like that where the menus get real (laughs) close to that notch Mm-hmm. So it does have a, like, imagine, could Apple even do an 11-inch laptop with a notch? <laughs> Would, like, many of your menus get truncated? Like, what happens to them? Do they, like, go over to the other side? Uh, I think that'll be interesting. <laughs> yeah. That already happens if you just have a lot of menu bar items. They just get, but you just won't see them. Yeah. 
but it they've never handled it gracefully i think oh no 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 right um by the way real time follow-up kind of i can confirm that the bottom corners of the notch if you will they're less rounded than the iphone okay it's more boxy it's a more boxy yeah notch yeah which i feel is a less flattering look but maybe that's just because i'm used to the iphone notch but yeah, I mean, we'll all get used to it the same way we've gotten used to everything else. To be fair, I'll be using this laptop primarily in clamshell mode anyways. So I know, which is so sad. <laughs> <laughs> like such a nice screen. I mean, I guess you do also have a, a nice screen, but it's not going to be 120 hertz. No, it won't. I'm really scared that that's going to ruin the, my XDR. Yeah, get ready for them to release a $1,500 last screen. That is better. God, no. In every way than your success thousand dollar monitor well maybe one day who knows also the major thing that i noticed that was also very different about this design compared to the old one is the keyboard tray now has this sort of like black background what do you think about that i think it looks cool it's uh it's an easy way to just make these laptops look a little bit different from the old ones yeah um i feel like that's cheating like oh fine it does look different now it looks better <laughs> yeah i love it though i want it to look different <laughs> somehow yeah no yeah no absolutely but yeah that's an interesting surface that i must admit i didn't really think of but what is it what's the material is it still aluminum is it... yeah they say that it's double anodized so my guess is it's sort of like the same process that they go through for the space gray laptops how come they don't double anodize the whole laptop give us a pure black laptop i know well don't get me started on that (laughs) i know that would look amazing but i do think also it might make it look kind of like a thinkpad or something Uh, (laughs) so there might be a reason like i'm sure someone's tried it ended up being like no i'm sure we're gonna see macbook airs in colors soon yeah but I still think, yeah, I still think it would look good. Uh, one thing that's interesting in some of their screenshots is it kind of looks like you put in a keyboard on top of your laptop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and maybe this comes to mind because back when we were in offices, I had a colleague of mine that his laptop, just like mine, to be honest, was like just falling apart completely <laughs> with that old uh, butterfly keyboard and he would just literally like carry the uh the apple like wireless keyboard on top of his laptop uh so it kind of made me think of that i wonder they didn't mention the keyboard at all like i'm gonna assume it's the same i think so i'd be curious to see when i have this laptop if i would use it like not in clamshell mode effectively you know open propped up in front of me and so with the external display behind it kind of as opposed to clamshell and just having external peripherals uh, i see it's mostly that extra monitor which i'm personally i'm not a fan of multiple monitors yeah, me either but having that 120 hertz i don't know i don't know but glad that they got rid of the touch bar to be honest oh yeah same like i was never like please kill it like i hate it i, I was never a touch bar hater but i like you either do something with this like do something with it yeah give us a they never touched it from the first version it's the same no nobody wanted touch bar it just got smaller because you got like the escape key and then you got the touch id separate even apple doesn't want to touch the touch bar (laughs) jesus seriously um users love the tactile feel of our function keys (laughs) Uh, (laughs) yeah i wasn't expecting them to like call out the touch bar but yeah here we are yeah no they didn't they did I'm pretty sure they did t- 
talk about the touch bar. Didn't they say they removed it? Oh, no. I think they just said that our users love the tactile feel of our function keys, so we have a whole row of function keys. I'll have to go back on the replay on this because I feel like they mentioned the touch bar, so they removed it. So how do you feel about MagSafe, though? Because it's... Like, MagSafe is beloved. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was a brilliant invention. It's great. But when they replaced it with just standard USB-C, like, for sure, we lost the ability of just, you know, popping the key, the cable, and all that stuff. But it was nice to have just a single ubiquitous universal plug. Yeah. And with this, like they said, that you can still charge your MacBook through Thunderbolt uh, USB-C. But... Like the way, again, the way I'm going to use this laptop primarily is I have it plugged to my monitor most of the time. It's a single cable. It charges it. So I'm thinking like where and when am I even going to use Max? Because, you know, it's going to be plugged Yeah, via Thunderbolt to my monitor. So I... I mean, when you're in a coffee shop, right? Yeah. So I guess. Here, I'm just thinking if you're going to travel with your laptop, which you probably will, or even if it's just like down to the coffee shop, are you going to bring a MagSafe cable in brick and... Assuming like USB-C for other things and other devices? Yeah. Okay. I was like, no, no, I'll just travel with my one USB-C charger that I use to charge my iPad and all the other devices and headphones. And I'll just charge my laptop with this, you know? Yeah. Like it's going against that whole like one cable rule them all. So I don't know. Well, here's the thing. So at least for me in my practical usage, I already have a, a different cable for my laptop because... The cable I have with my iPad is this like small-ish uh, cable, and the one that comes with the laptop is longer. Which like, if I'm gonna be working somewhere and gonna be plugged, you know, further, then I want the long cable. So right away, I already always have like longer cable. Now I could always use it, you know, for my iPad. So now I would have to like bring this long MagSafe thing and also a shorter one for the iPad separately. Whereas previously I could just use the same one, but I do, I like having that option, let's just say. And I can see myself using the MagSafe a lot. Like I'm not that frequently in situation, you know, I need to have a charging station here. Like I have, I'm carrying a lot of devices around me where I need to charge at the same time. So I don't know, personally, I do think it's nice. I think it's kind of a shame that it it seems like that's only for power. Yeah. Though, right? Because I'm like, I'm thinking about hopefully one day, please, when Apple releases a new display, <laughs> like it'd be nice if I could just plug the MagSafe thing in, right? Because it's like faster charging and like it should be nice. Yeah, forget it. But it's not Thunderbolt. So that means whenever I plug in a monitor, I will have to plug the USB-C, which at least that port still charges right so like that'll still work but i do agree that there's we're kind of like even more than ever in kind of like this mixed situation where it's like yeah like there's this magsafe's there sometimes like when you want to use it but a lot of times you're still using that usb-c one as the charging port see but for all the benefits that magsafe brings i think those are invalidated when you use it in the context of a display when you connect it to an external display you don't want the cable to easily pop out probably or if you use it for anything other than power which will probably be like any external device or that's like fair external drive or something you don't want to yank it very easily right right that's a good point so i feel like for those you kind of want the opposite yeah so hey apple look at this i'm not bothered by having a 
support that I might never use. Still glad it's there, you know. But I still think that if I were to go to an office or just, you know, be around a lot of other people in laptops, I'll probably still like charge with USB-C because that's what everyone else. Well, I, I don't know. One thing that uh, when, you know, you first get a glimpse of the new design, it's like, ooh, that's, that's a thick laptop. Thick boy. <laughs> and uh, it's chunky. But I, I checked and it's actually exactly as tall as the current 13 inch so yeah i'm also like i feel like someone's playing some trickery on me <laughs> like it's a feet i think it's a feet you think so so these feet are taller or smaller you think <laughs> no than the old ones i think before it was just like a little black like little lump yeah and so in product shots they would just kind of fade away mm-hmm. so they were less see I don't think that's the feat. I think it's that much more, I don't know how to say this, like for the lack of a better word, square, like it goes straight down. Right. Whereas the other one had sort of like... Tampered, right? Tapered. Yeah, it kind of had like around where the parts are. That's flat. And then it had like a belly underneath that like, and that was slimming because when you look at it, it looks just like your laptop is like floating a little bit. And you kind of can't see underneath that there's like a belly down there. And now they've just made that go all the way down, basically, like almost down to the floor. Yeah. And so you can see more of the thickness of the laptop. So it makes it look thicker, even though it might not actually be thicker. Okay. Yeah, that, that's, that might be it. Oh, and last thing, the display. Yeah, we did talk about it's a xdr liquid retina whatever they call it mm-hmm. i still need to compare it to my actual xdr like let's see who's the true xdr here uh but you know we also mentioned the uh, refresh rate but it has finally like an increased ppi here oh thank god in where and i'm gonna assume that we're finally gonna have true retina on these laptops thank god so and for people listening don't know what we're talking about at some point they switched the default, the default, what they call it, the scaled mode, the resolution, effectively. Mm-hmm. It was not a true retina, as in it's just doubling on each side. It was 1.5, right? Like, we were trying to make more room so the items would be smaller on screen yep. than non-retina. And that always drove me crazy. And you did get slightly less sharp image. So now with this increase in pixel density, what I'm going to assume that the native like default resolution is effectively a true uh, retina. Yeah, I think so. And for me, I would always kind of scale it back up so that I would get like the true native resolution. It would be sharp. Same. But that meant that everything on my screen was bigger. Oh, yeah. And so now I'll have... With this laptop, which is, granted, the screen is a little bit bigger. It's 14 inch instead of 13, but I will still, like, have way more space on this laptop, which is nice. Yeah. It's like, as it should have been all along. (laughs) So, so many aspects. Like, this laptop is just, like, righting all the wrongs, (laughs) right? I am so excited. (laughs) Yeah, especially now that you're a a full-on photographer with your camera. (laughs) (laughs) Full-on. Sure. Basically. (laughs) I take a lot of pictures of my baby now. So anything else you want to talk about? Or can we talk about like if we got one and when and how and... Uh, No, I want to know what you got. All right. So big disclaimer. I got a laptop, but it's a company. It's my work laptop. So it was very fun. Like I said, first day at work. It was like an Apple event. We're all kind of like Apple nerds. We all got on a Slack huddle and we talked about which one we're going to get. And also, you know, which one the company would give you. <laughs> what are our options, kind of? And uh, so we decided to, you know what, let's spec these out. So for longevity, 
I'm going to have this laptop for a long time. And so I got the 14-inch. And between 14 and 16, it's like I had a 16-inch before. It always felt massive. Yep. It didn't help that it was also that particular machine. It got very, very hot. And the fans got super loud. And I think that, that whole thing just adds up to the whole idea that this is, you know, big and unbearable and just loud. And so when I moved to my 13-inch M1, it was like, oh, this feels so much better. So with this, I I think we're getting a lot more screens, you know, uh, space. So I feel like even going from 13 to 14, you'll probably still feel like it's an upgrade in terms of screen space. Yep. So 14, no doubt. That was, you know, that was obvious. And we, yeah, I specced it out uh, all except the storage. So I did the M1 Max with I don't know how many cores. I went with, is it 64 gig memory? And I think two terabytes in silver to match. So is that a maxed out 14 Mac M1 Max? (laughs) Yes, everything is maxed out with the exception of (laughs) of storage. I think it can go up to eight terabytes. Right, except storage, right. I mean, which I feel like two terabytes is already plenty yeah. of space. I've been, yeah, I've been uh, working with a one terabyte for the past two machines, and that's been plenty. So for like two, sure, it buys me another couple of years. That's amazing. How, what was the price of that? It was around like four something thousand euros. Ooh. So it's a 200 euro in dollar, I assume. Usually Apple is pretty bad at this. It just... <laughs> change the the little character <laughs> it's the same right no one's gonna <laughs> no, no one's gonna notice right that is not almost not double but anyway so i think going from a m1 pro to the m1 max it's quote just a 200 dollar upgrade mm-hmm. that feels like it's worth it right uh, with a caveat that the m1 pro you can do 16 gigs of memory but the m1 max you can the minimum is 32 i think or maybe it's 8 and 16 but whatever it has a higher minimum if that makes sense Hmm. so it happens that you're going through the configurator and you're like oh 200 plus just to go from m1 pro to m1 max you click that and all of a sudden you get like 400 euros Hmm. on top of that is because it will automatically upgrade your memory if you have that lowest Mm, i see but that's still that felt like a it's pretty good upgrade from 200 euros or dollars or whatever it is i felt right i've had a laptop with 16 gigs of memory for the past dude 10 years i don't know like that first retina macbook pro i think right so it feels like you know i want to know what it's like to have a (laughs) slight increase in memory (laughs) so yeah slight Going from 16 to 64. Right, right. That's amazing. Fair. Uh, to be fair, if I, I think if I were to buy this for me personally, for my pocket, I think I would just do 32 gigs. But I would still get that, like the, the, the Max as opposed to Pro. And I haven't checked the configurator on the 16-inch, but I think this year, probably for the first time, both the 14 and 16, you get the same performance. So here's my dilemma. So for the past little while, I've been just using my work laptop as my everything laptop. And actually, like, my personal feeling on this is, like, it's so much easier to just have one computer than to have multiple computers. But it's increasingly becoming not feasible (laughs) for, for me to do this. So now the question is, what do I do? Do I just wait? No. And maybe get an, an iMac Pro at some point. But then I would have like, I wouldn't be able to do any work on my iMac Pro. So then I have two displays because it's probably, you know, it's not a given that I can plug whatever laptop I get from work 
into this iMac Pro. Seems like not a good option. I could get like MacBook Air with like an M1, which would be like a cheap option, and it would be like a fast and light laptop with no fan. But I kind of want the speed, <laughs> and this like this new laptop sounds amazing. And then the last option is I literally get like this new laptop, which is exactly the same as the one I will also receive from work. <laughs> so <I have> two <laughs> identical laptops. One that I use like, you know, maybe three or four hours a week. Uh, and then the other one from work that I use most of the time. I don't know. Question. Would you be able to record this show on your work laptop? I don't even know. I mean, probably. I don't know. They say not recommended, but... Will Shopify own layout? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> okay. But like some things that might happen is, is like... Maybe Audio Hijack is, like, not approved by IT for me to install on my computer. Mm. And then, like, you know, it might make things, like, not, it wouldn't necessarily prevent me from doing things, but it might make things a lot more difficult for me to do what I need to do. Will you be able to join a work call on your personal laptop? No, I don't think so. God, it's going to be annoying. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. I mean, so far, talking to you, I'm leaning towards... Just bite the bullet, just buy literally an identical laptop and just deal with it. It seems insanely wasteful, but that's just the situation I'm in. And I should be thankful that I haven't had to buy any computers myself in the past couple of years. And I've just been able to entirely rely on work. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Do that. And then when a new laptop comes out, you'll maybe reevaluate your situation and maybe sell it and get it, whatever but like right now that feels like the most straightforward simplest solution yes it's wasteful but it's not something you're imposing like it's company bureaucracy and stuff that is out of your control like they're making you do this you know <laughs> yeah so yeah hmm. yeah i'll have to think about it very very quickly <laughs> as i'm seeing the dates slip further and further into the future <laughs> oh yeah i think it's already december by the way, speaking of dates, I got my delivery window is November 3rd to 8th. Here's the dealio, though. I'm flying to Portugal on the 5th. <laughs> oh. So I might miss my delivery window. <laughs> Maybe not. Usually Apple is like, they're pretty good. Yeah. You usually get it either on the first, the earliest day of your prediction. But anyway, still, that'll be, that'll be nerve-wracking. Okay, dude, we really have to finish this. Let's do some recommendations real quick and uh, call it a show. So long one. All right. Cool. Uh, do you want to start? Sure thing. Uh, hey, this is uh, going into the parenting corner here. <laughs> I'm going to recommend something for all you parents with small kids. It's called Love Every, but they share an E. So the last E of love is the first E of every. <laughs> is that Johnny Ives' new company? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> maybe. Maybe in disguise. No, Love Every is this. They make toys for babies and kids. But, you know... This is capitalism at their extreme. But effectively, they have like all of these packs of toys that promote you know, brain development and all that stuff in like different age groups. So you can get like the first box, which is like from two to four months. And then you get the one that is from five to six or whatever. And there's just like a really, the whole unboxing experience is really great. The toys itself, they're like really tasteful. And yeah, they all promote like brain development and interaction and play and all that stuff and it's we got the first box age appropriate for finn it's lovely all the toys are like so tasteful so much better than all that plastic crap that 
everyone seems to get us <laughs> it's really really good and it's like you know me like i'm really happy to have like okay one brand this will be this will cover like right. toys for my kid you know and they're all tasteful and they're all good looking and good build materials and all that stuff uh build quality so Anyway, we've been really happy with it. We plan on just getting all the boxes because capitalism and, you know. <laughs> also, that's just your life as a parent. You, you're already used to it. And so their toys go up to, let me check, uh, I think up two years old and something. Yeah, I think the month's 36. So if you have a small child, baby, and looking for a cool play kits, check this out. I'm going to put a link in the show notes. What about you, Kevin Clark? I will add this to my list of... Um kids or slash baby gifts to give to parents because everyone's having children these days <laughs> just, oh, i have man. never been more in the market for <laughs> things for for babies <laughs> like it's just non-stop i feel like i'm gonna get very good at knowing like what are what are the hits what to give people this is what i was telling my partner like we should just buy like we should just have a closet and just like stuff it full of like kids things because we never know like everyone's having babies these days and we constantly have to be finding gifts <laughs> so you're alive when you get close to your 30s this is what happens oh my gosh it's unbelievable i mean <laughs> but that's that's really cool i didn't know about this what's your recommendation so all right here's the thing i was like let me recommend project hail mary which is a great book that i've been like reading i'm not all the way done yet but i was like you know I think it's a great recommendation. And then I was like, let me just check to make sure that I didn't recommend this. I've recommended this before. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, But I continue to recommend it. Uh <laughs> continues to be good. Uh, really enjoying it. Like, I haven't enjoyed a book like this in, in a long time. I'm about, like, 85% of the way there. It's gotten to the point... I'm, I've always been a slow reader for things. Uh, not just because I'm, like, slow, but because I tend to watch a lot of youtube videos and listen to podcasts and do other things with my time but now i've gotten to a point where this book there's sort of a curve where like you kind of start and you're like i don't know if i'm gonna like this and then you start to really like it and then you read a lot and now i've gotten to the other side where i'm like i'm really enjoying this book and there's not a lot of pages left (laughs) i want to like stretch it stretch it out for as long as possible (laughs) so i'm intentionally being slow but anyway so Project Hail Mary, very great. Uh, recommend it. I do feel like I have to give another recommendation since I've already recommended this. And I was like... <laughs> this only counts as half. Yeah. I was trying to find like a unique recommendation that I haven't recommended. And I would say the app I want to recommend is called Pins. Hmm. Have I recommended this before? I don't think so. I don't think so. So Pins <laughs> is very me as <laughs> a recommendation. Pins is a pinboard client for iOS. <laughs> <laughs> so if you are like me, so basically what I do is as I'm browsing the internet, I'm always like, I saw that somewhere on the internet and I totally don't remember where I saw it. And then, like, you know, I'm browsing my history, trying to find, like, where did I find this interesting thing and I can't find it anymore? Or it's like, I was reading Stack Overflow, trying to find an answer to my problem, and I found the perfect Stack Overflow answer, and now I'm trying to Google for it again, and it's gone. (laughs) So I use a service called Pinboard to save these things. It's super ugly, super old. That's real OG. Yeah. That's just what it is. 
I've just been using this for forever. I didn't know that. And I've just never really stopped using it. And I don't even know what I would switch to if I wanted to switch. But it's just been incredibly reliable and it's just there. The problem is... It's just a website with like a bookmark. <laughs> and so there's different clients. I used to use an old client called Pinner and that was just abandoned many, many years ago. And I think has gotten updated for like the iPhone 10 size display like recently. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, let me try to find a new app. And so this new app is called Pins. It's very modern. It's really great. And it does one thing that I really like, which is when you add a website, it automatically fetches like obviously the title of the page makes sense, but also fetches like a good description of the website and like kind of fills in the information so that when I save it, I have a bunch of information about this page and I can add my own personal notes or tags and things like that. So it's just a great place where I just put in a lot of stuff. A lot of times I don't look at it again, but if I ever think, I saw that somewhere and it was interesting, then it is definitely in there and I can search. The search is really great. So it's kind of my own personal archive for anything I've seen on the internet. So highly recommend the app. The app is great. It's getting frequent updates. So it's pretty awesome. Wow. I was not expecting to hear about Pinboard today. (laughs) (laughs) Impressive. Cool. All right. In uh, 2021. Wow. All right. Still using Pinboard. I don't know what people use. What do they use? What do you do? Yeah, no, this is an unsolved problem. Like you see something on the internet and you're like, you know, I want to remember this. I, yeah. And then you can search for it with the new iOS 15 thing. <laughs> oh my God. Do you do this? Take a screenshot? No. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> okay, thank God. Uh, I use bookmarks. Uh, you know, Safari bookmarks. But mm. to be fair, I never go. So do you have like hundreds of bookmarks? Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. I see. <laughs> see? Now, who's pointing fingers at who? <laughs> when I search for something, like in the URL bar, it will surface the like the bookmarks first. So it helps. It's not great, but anyway. Cool. All right, we did it. Dude, we did it. Look at us. Yeah. We did it. Long show again. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. If you want to get in touch with Kevin and let him know what he should do about his work computer and personal computer, tweet at him. He's at Vernal Kick, which I just found out today because Bryn Jackson told me. That vernal kick is an acronym for your... You didn't know this? I did not. I never pieced these. What the hell, Kevin? I thought you knew this. I don't know. You didn't tell me this. I was very... So this like dates back to a long, long time ago. Oh, yeah. As a kid, I was very into a series of unfortunate events. I don't know if you know this book yeah. series by Lemony Sticket. And they're like very into like these kinds of things. <laughs> and when I tried creating an account, of course... Kevin Clark was taken because it's always taken. Such a popular name, turns out. So I did this and I just stuck around and it's always available, unsurprisingly. <laughs> there you go. So, but I've been trying, trying to get back. Like now, whenever I can create new accounts, I do just, I just do Kevin Clark. Same. If I'm lucky enough, then I get that. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to like kind of, hopefully over time, I can go back and like right these wrongs, you know? <laughs> like... correct it and and get the proper usernames well same i just want to tell twitter twitter if you're listening like you know miss twitter whatever runs twitter (laughs) i thought you were just talking to joey the the username no i mean yeah kind (laughs) of hey joey listen to me (laughs) at rafael conde has eight followers their last tweet was in march 2009 i think it's time i don't know what the policy is it's time but if it's time 
let me know so that I can snatch it. And like none of someone else will get it. We'll get it. And then it's the whole thing again. Anyway, reach out. Uh, yeah, get in touch with Kevin at Vernal Cake. I am at Rafa Hari. And our show is at Layout FM. You know, if you don't want to pick sides, who's your favorite co-host? And just, you know what? No, I'll just go directly to the source at Layout FM. Our website is layout.fm. You can find out all the links to the stuff we talked about. You can also find links to sponsor this show if you want. Uh, and speaking of a sponsor, our huge thanks to Play for sponsoring this show. We are genuinely so happy and excited to have them as, a, as our sponsor. So go to createwithplay.com uh, to find out more. And uh, also tell you more about them in the following episodes. And that's it, I guess. It's a wrap. That's it. Right. We're officially back. We're officially back. So I think we can... Now for realsies. Yeah, we can say for real. See you next week. Bye. Bye.